you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We sure are glad to see you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I hope you've come today expecting, believing, trusting God to do something amazing and wonderful in your life today. But I hope so that you've come today with an open heart and an open mind. To say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. I want your will and your way to be done in my life. Amen. Do you want God's will in your life? You sure? Positive? Because God's will is not always yours. God's way is not always yours. We don't get to, um, how do I say, negotiate with God. God knows what is best for us. And if we would ever know that, believe that, and resign ourselves to that, oh, what God could do in our life. Amen. What God could do in our life. Today I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to give you two names that I want you to hold on to. Uh, we've got a girl at the other campus. Her name is Lacey. And in staff meetings many times, she will do this she'll have her hand out and the other day I said what are you doing she said I got a thought I'm holding on to it what what she said if I don't hold on to it I'll forget it so I, I told Lisa that I said we're gonna buy you one of those little squishy brains and you just pick it up holding your hand There's some things today that I want to share with you, and when I do, I want you to hold them, hold on to them. Mephibosheth, I want you to remember that name, Mephibosheth. I also want you to remember another name, another uh, title or name of a city called Lodabar. Not lower the bar, Lodabar, Lodabar. I want you to hold on to those two things right there. And let me tell you why. Because we're about to learn a story of a man who struggled with his self-worth. The first Sunday of this sermon series, we talked about the orphan heart. And today we'll actually talk about an orphan. Last week we talked about struggling many times in our life and having issues in our life where, well, we feel rejection. We've been rejected by others. And what that does to us. If I could talk to you about something today, it would be your self-worth. Your self-worth. I'm not going to talk to you in a, you know, try to build you up to build you up, you know, talk to yourself in the mirror. I'm great, I'm wonderful, and I'm worth it. I'm not talking about that kind of, you know, build yourself. I'm talking about if you could ever build yourself up in who Christ Jesus has called you to be. You won't struggle with low self-esteem. 
See, low self-esteem gets wrapped up in when it's all about you or what you don't have, what you wish you had, what you believe you ain't got. In this story, in fact, I want you to look at me today, 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. I want to share the story of you today about a king and about an orphan. And I want to share with you today about how many times in our lives we've allowed the way we see things or how we believe about ourselves or what others say about us to dictate who we are. Look at this. David asks, is there anyone still left of the house of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was King David's friend at one time. The, the son of Saul, King Saul, who was not David's friend. Saul didn't like David. Saul wanted to kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, loved David. But David has lost his friend. He's died. He's lost that King Saul. They're both dead. And this is what he says. Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Z Z Zaba that summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Zaba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness? Today we're talking about some of the king's kindness. Do you know the king wants to show us kindness today? Zaba answered the king, There's still a, a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Why? Why? Why could he not just say Jonathan? How many know that your words can hurt or help? It's like going up and, and, and saying, do you know John Leggett? Yes, yes, the ball-headed guy. Why? It's not necessary. The good-looking guy, the man of great stature, the man who's a phenomenal, world-renowned preacher. You mean John like the ball-headed guy. That's, that's what it said. Mephibosheth, you mean the lame guy? You know your words can help or hinder. Your words can distract. There's still a son of Jonathan, his lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Zaba answered, He is at Makar, son of Amel, in Lodabar. Remember Lodabar, that's important. So the king divided, the, the king David had him brought from Lodabar from the house of Makar, son of Amel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and bowed down to him to pay him honor, David said, Mephibosheth? At your service, he replied. Do not be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And I will all, you will always eat at my table. Now listen to this. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me let's pray 
Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this service the same way that they came. But let it be blessed by your presence, by your word. And Lord, let them feel your love today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So King David says, I want to show kindness to someone of the family of Jonathan, my friend. Is, is anybody left? The servant comes to him and said, yes, there is one left. He actually is the son of, of Jonathan. He is lame. And he lives in a place called Lodabar. Let's go. Let's find him. I want to show him kindness. When he gets there, King David finds Jonathan and Lodabar, and he begins to talk to him and says, I want to bless you from this moment on. I will give back to you everything your, your grandfather had. From this moment, you can now eat at my table, at the king's table. But listen to the response of what Mephibosheth says actually to him. After he says, he says, why would you in essence have anything to do with a dead dog like me? We see a man here that is beaten down, that his life has not been easy. In fact, when you look at low to bar, the word low to bar actually means to know, say low, no. So that reminds you, the word low means no. Debar actually means this. It means word or thank or place. In other words, it means no word, no thank, or no place. So in other words, he's not in a good place. He has no word. And because of that, this man is struggling that when the king comes to him, all he can say is, you don't want to mess with a dead dog like me. I'm not deserving. I'm not worthy. There, there's three things I want to talk to you about today when it comes to overcoming low self-worth. Feeling worthless, not good enough. The first thing is just write it down. Stop living in the land of no worth. Stop living in the land of no worth. What do you mean by that? There, there comes a moment in your life where you've got to decide that you're not going to be beaten down anymore. You're not going to live in this land of I'm not good enough, worthy enough. Now listen, all of us have past. If you got a past, raise your hand. Yeah. In fact, some of you have present. Raise your hand. I like you honest people. But in other words... He's lame. He can't move anymore. In fact, the, the only reason he probably is still alive is that there was a, a well-to-do man there in Lodabar that had taken him in. Maybe it was someone who knew his father. Maybe it's someone who knew his grandfather. We don't know, but some good man, well-to-do man, had taken in this lame man by the name of Mephibosheth. But as he lives in this place called no place, no think, no word. In fact, that's probably the way he feels. 
He has no word about his future, no word about how to get out of where he is. In fact, he's probably depressed, he's sad, he's, he's upset. But the thing is, is what he's done is he's allowed the condition of his physical problems to dictate his spiritual and mental and emotional life. We have to learn in our life as men and women of God to stop allowing what is going on around us to dictate who we are. Can I tell you that right now? Well, Pastor, I'm just no good. I'm, I, can't, I, my, I lost my job, Pastor. I'm no good. I got a divorce, Pastor. I'm no good. You can name off all the situations that you're in today, but I want you to understand never let your self-worth, your identity be determined by your circumstances or your situations. They are fleeting. Amen. They come and go. Amen. Sometimes we'll be at the top of the mountain. Sometimes we're at the bottom of the valley. Sometimes we're in the, the brightness of the day and sometimes we're in the darkness of the night. But what we've got to realize is if I, I'm not going to just be happy when things are great, I'm going to be joyous in all situations because I'm going to learn to be like Paul who said, I'm content in all situations, whether lack or plenty. It doesn't matter because my worth who I am, my qualifications are not in myself or the things around me. My worth and my qualification is in a king who's called me. And if the king says I'm worthy, I'm worthy. But we struggle. It's temporary. This too shall pass. It's not going to go on forever. And see, many times what you don't realize, the, the, the low self-esteem and, and the unworthiness and the, the lack of believing in yourself, all it does is keep you in the pit longer. All it does is keep you in low debar longer. All it does is keep you in this place of, well, if you would ever just say, it's going to be all right. It may not be ideal yet, but we're getting there. It may not be perfect yet, but we're on our way. I may be in the middle of a storm or a bad situation. I may be in the middle of something I don't understand, but what I'm going to tell you is my self-worth and who I am is not determined by what's going on around me. God has planted something inside of me, and I'm going to trust it and have faith in it. Amen. Look at the second thing. Stop telling the king how he should see your worth. Listen to this. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Do you know one of the greatest problems God has to overcome sometimes? Your mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got a big mouth. I just made some of y'all's day. You've been wanting to say that to that person beside you for a long time. And I just made your day. The Bible tells us that the power of life and death is in our tongue. And we shall eat the fruits of it. I want you to hear me when I say this that your words begin to go into your future and create your tomorrow. Oh, that's that make you feel good stuff. 
who was it? The uh, the guy from Saturday Night Live. He'd stand in the mirror. You're good. You're what was he? What would he say? Stuart. Yes, yeah, Stuart. You know, you're good. You're wonderful. Whatever. He had to convince himself. I'm not trying to tell you to do that. In fact, you don't have to convince yourself. You just know that you belong to the King. And if you belong to the King, that's all you need to know. But yet, the king just says to him, it's like, I walk up and, and I, I say to Chris, Chris, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to give you a million dollars right here. Hold on. Let me get my wallet. And by the way, I, I do want to reject to something uh, that was spoken by Armando. He said, I'm going to ask you to give your wallet. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. You know, if, I, if I come up, come here, Chris. You know, come here and say, hey, there's a million dollar check in here. And I, and I hand her this, but... You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> but when I go to hand her this, she stops because, well, you know, Pastor, I really don't deserve that. If you know what I've done in the past, and listen, if you know what's going on in my life, and if you know who I'm married to, you know. <laughs> and, and, and she starts arguing to me about why she doesn't deserve this. Then what, what might I just do? So okay, sit down. You're right. You, you don't deserve it. Now, it, it's not that God's not going to say, here, I'm not going to give it to you. What God's going to say is, though, you're not ready. You're, you're not ready. It's like me, me you know, I, I got my keys in my car right here, and, and, and I walk up with my keys in my car, and I say, hey, 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 Moni, drive my car. And, 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 and Moni, goes, Moni goes, okay, I just learned how to drive yesterday. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> You, you ain't driving my car. See, that's what we're telling God. I'm not worthy. I'm not willing. I'm not able. You need to find somebody else. We go to the king all the time and we put in our argument for why we don't deserve what God wants to give. And what God is asking you to do is say, would you come to me and tell me and say, God, would you give me all that you want to give me? I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm able. I want it, God. Oh, God, you can't bless me. We've got to learn within our lives as men and women of God to say, you know what? It's not that I'm worthy by anything that I've done. It's not that I'm worthy because of, of the greatness of who I am. I am worthy because I belong to the king. I mean, that moment I just said to the king, man, this is awesome. I've been living a lonely life. I've been living all, listen, this is great, king. I will pull myself to the table. But he begins to talk himself out about, listen, I'm telling you, can I tell you this? Learn the power of your words. And listen, I'm not doing name it, claim it type thing. I'm not doing that kind of thing. I'm not. Which I will say this, I, I, I do believe there are things that would come in your life if you would speak it. Amen. Well, God's never going to give me a better, you know, uh, give me a good wife or a good husband. I, I'll just get what I got. What? Did I say something? No, I said, I'm talking, I'm talking about singles right there. I'm not talking about marriage right there. I just freaked out my wife. She thought I'm looking for another one. I'm not. She has just got me broke in. 
I've always thought that, you know, David was crazy and out of his mind. Solomon was crazy and out of their mind. One wife's enough. Really? You know, there's sometimes, have you ever done that to a, someone who's single and you see who they date? And you just want to pull them aside and shake them and say, you deserve better. You deserve better. I saw a couple while back, and she was a pretty lady, and he was ugly. I'm just going to tell you the truth. They did not match. And I thought to myself one or two things. One, he's got a lot of money. Y'all think it too. Shut up. <laughs> or two, he had a very good self-worth. And, and I did. I, I had a, a friend that I went to college with, and, and he was an ugly dude. He was but married a pretty lady because he had very good confidence. He believed in himself, and he really did. There were some times, even when he believed himself, I'm like, you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't. But see, you... What you speak over your life, it begins to become a plan for you to make happen. So if I start planning in my life that I'm going to be blessed and highly favored, that I'm going to have good friends and, and, and that I'm going to follow the path God has for me and that I'm going to see success. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. Because we understand that our words create our future for us. And he's talking to the king that just offered him the world. Everything his grandfather had had, he's willing to give back. But yet the, the young man, Mephibosheth, is going to reject it because he feels rejected. There comes a moment where you've got to shake off the rejection. You gotta shake off the words that have been spoken about you. You gotta shake off the people that have put you down and made fun of you. You gotta shake it off and say, I am not determined by anybody else. In fact, number three, I want you to write that down. Don't let your worth be decided by anyone but the king. Don't let your worth be decided by anyone but the king. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know who the king's called me to be. I know what the king has said about me. I know what the king has spoken about my life. I know what the king has spoken about my future. I know what the king is saying is going to happen in my life. I'm going to trust the king. Can I say something to you today? I'm going to trust the king. I'm not going to trust you. I'm not going to believe in what you're saying. I'm going to trust the king because you know what? The king has seen my future. You haven't. The king has seen my tomorrow. You haven't. The king knows what I'm going to do. You haven't. The king knows why I am where I am. And for you who judge people that are in a bad situation at a moment, can I tell you, stop doing that because that situation they're in right now may be a step to the future that God has for them. The king knows where he's taking them. I'm not saying you won't struggle with it. Later in the stories you read right here in 2 Samuel chapter 16, you begin to see the story of when Absalom's trying to take control. King 
King David, feeling guilty about what he had done with Bathsheba, leaves and takes off and tries to get away. As he's leaving, he comes to the city, and there's Ziba waiting. He said, where's Mephibosheth? Well, he's going to stay back here with Absalom. Now, we're not for sure, but one of two things happened. Either one, Mephibosheth went back to his old way of life. Oh, I, I got to, uh, wait a minute, if I leave and go with David, I may not have, so I better stay back with, with Absalom. He'll take care of me. See, that's another thing I want you to hear when I say this today. Would you stop having to rely on others and start relying on God? Or the second thing is this, that Ziba was lying. He was lying. That in actuality, what was happening was is that he was trying to trick the king because he wanted to get the blessings. He wanted to get all the stuff. He was trying to trick the king. So he, he told Mephibosheth, hey, you just stay back here. I'll go talk to the king for you. See, that's the problem when you let other people talk for you. They'll talk you out of what the king wants for your life. And you got to realize, I'm not going to do that. At the end of the story, David's coming back to reign as king. He finds Mephibosheth there. He hasn't shaved. He hasn't cut his hair. He hasn't washed. He hasn't taken care of himself. He said, King, I wasn't going to do anything until you got back. Can I tell you, there comes a moment in our life say, if it's without you, I won't do it. King, if I don't have you, I won't mess with it. Your self-worth is not wrapped up in what mistakes you've made in your past, what you've done yesterday. Your self-worth is not shaped by others around you. The king, remember what he said to Mephibosheth? He said, you will eat at the king's table forever. I am telling you the king has called you to the table. And if you would step up and sit at the table with the king, you'll stop worrying about what other people say, what others believe about you, and start saying, I belong with the king at the table. He's going to take care of me. Would you stand with me? Who wants to sit with the king at the table? Then that means you got to leave the little kitty table with all the naysayers and all those telling you you can't do it and you're not good enough and you're not worthy enough. You got to leave the table and you got to go sit with the king. It's time for you to get out of the land of low self-worth. It's time for you to stop speaking bad things over your life. It's time for you to start speaking what the king's saying about you. And it's time that you stop allowing others to dictate who you are. It's time you listen to what the king's saying about you. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here and you're struggling with low self-worth and self-esteem and not feeling good enough or worthy enough. If I'm talking to you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I break that spirit off their life. They are worthy because the king's made them worthy. They are deserving because the king's made them deserving.
And Lord, I say today that all of the past and all of the lies and all of those that have spoken of their life that said they're not good enough or worthy enough, I break it off of them right now in Jesus' name. Let them live the life that God has called them to do. Let them live the life the kings called them to. They belong at the table. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. It's so simple. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, lives forevermore. And with your mouth, confess him Lord of your life, you shall be saved. If that is you today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, no one's looking. I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. I've had one raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As one new name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise this morning. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.